1: Hey Everybody, welcome to this week's episode of "You're Wrong and Here's Why." Chris Horwidell, joined by Greg Crone Gregory, how are you? I mean,
0: it's a brand new sports world. So yeah. many—I mean, so many things have changed in the last what seven days since we've recorded. I mean,
1: You're talking about that Chris Porzingis trade.
0: I mean, obviously that was the biggest trade at the deadline. Who? Who, I mean, both teams get significantly better with that deal. That's that's obvious, but no, yeah, man, I'm good. Everything, Everything's going good. Everything's coming up roses, apparently.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I'm happy to hear that. Also, a uh, big thank you, as I have shamelessly been mentioning, that I'm, uh, I have another show that I've been doing over the last handful of weeks called In Pursuit of a Parlay, one man's... Quest for unimaginable riches through impractical odds. It's hard for me to get through that. I f- I forget what the subtitle is. Also, one man's is something I added in in my head one time, and now I just kind of say it. Um, anyway, I do a show. Uh, you guys have been listening. I appreciate that. We had uh, you know, 3,200 people check it out on YouTube. That was pretty cool. Um, you know, I uh, I did screw up a little bit in terms of uh, in terms of the broadcast because I'm still learning as I go. But, um, we'll be live on, uh, on Twitch moving forward. Probably not going to be live on YouTube until I actually figure out how to do shit, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, we, we did live streaming on YouTube last time. Only I wasn't aware of that. Oh, solid. And then I went and I checked the, I checked the page and it's like underdog live stream. And so, I mean, it's the same, basically the same thing I put out as the actual show, but still, I would like to, uh, I'd like to have more agency over the things that uh, that we go up, go up on the channel with my voice on it. Potentially so.
0: tagging it, not recording yourself in the background for an extra three hours before you realize that you've been
1: live? Yeah, no, but that was fine. Like, nothing <laughs> super embarrassing was said. Um, there was There was fights, you heard me yell at the dogs, but no, it was... It was good i'm learning um messed up i I prefer we were live on twitch uh than youtube but you know we're gonna get there uh and thanks for everybody for checking it out thanks for everybody uh for subscribing Uh, you know subscribe to the youtube channel we're trying to grow that and uh, i've got some other stuff some other stuff that's coming greg i'm I'm sure got a little got a little mock draft show i want to i want to do one day a week just to little fun. We want to do, you know, been talking video game stuff for a while. So uh, expanding the YouTube channel is a is one of the big areas that we're uh really looking to do, you know, in the in the the near future in a in a no football world. I'll be honest, in a no
0: football world, speaking of video games, and I don't want to derail this this quickly, mm. uh, because I know we have things to talk about and, nah. and eh, I'm sure. Mm. I, believe me. There's plenty of lines and whatnot and and situations I'm sure that we could discuss. Mm. Um, But Xbox game pass is adding lawnmower simulator (laughs) and someone said it, someone said it as a joke. I would 1000% try that game.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, you uh, you, certainly you've, you've been pretty, uh, been pretty clear about your hatred for PlayStation five. So I understand why you would be doing this on game pass and, And you're that right. Rude. We we won't uh, we won't, you know, make this into too big a thing because you are correct, Gregory. BovadaSportsbook.com has not shut down. They are still going strong, and I've still got a lot of lines in front of me. We've got, you know, I'm ready to dig into the Super Bowl 57 props. Uh, <laughs> talk about some NFL draft stuff. We've got basketball, baseball question mark question mark question mark. A lot still going Ugh. on. God, but uh, tell me what what was it that drew your attention to the lawn Dude, mower simulator game?
0: As as a former professional lawn cutter or golf course cutter, the the mowing like actually being out there and just riding a mower and cutting grass and hanging out, you know, in the sun and in, in the warm air, that it's very relaxing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the the outside elements, I mean, I mean a, a, a you know Moderately warm room when trying to play the game, but I right. could get in, I could get into that. Let's let's cut some lines and some grass, buddy. Let's let's line it up. Let's. Well,
1: I'll, I'll send you three or four space eaters that you can just have going <laughs> next to you to really well, get you. that whole encompassing feeling.
0: <laughs> I need throw me on a, an old pair of cargo shorts, some some crappy sneakers, and you know now we're now we're living,
1: buddy. Good times, man. Good
0: times. <laughs> Dude, working on a golf course was so much fun. Uh, you know, parts of it. The hours are always weird, but like that, like just being out there and and taking care of a course and like seeing different things change as you work on stuff. It's really, it's a really weird, satisfying feeling.
1: I, I don't know that. why. Yeah. It would it would fall under the oddly satisfying subreddit on Reddit.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Well, one of the jobs every morning was to like, you'd have a cart, two carts, one on each side, uh, one like in the rough and one on the cart path, depending on the, the hole. Mm. and you would have a hose that connected the two and your whole job was literally to just ride the entire way around the course, dragging it across the fairways to get the dew off of it in the morning.
1: Oh,
0: I mean, it was, it, you never think I would never think that that was a real thing, but like we did that every day. Like, and it was so ridiculous.
1: I think and that might have been a prank. It might have been,
0: but it was it was a ton of fun. I don't know why. I found that like just it's so ridiculously dumb but fun. Um of course then there were the days where like your job was to fill fairway divots for like 7 hours. And you're just filling up a thing with dirt, dumping it in every single divot in the fairway that wasn't replaced. And it's like, "All right, well this is just mind numbingly boring. I need to move on."
1: Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. I I'm uh I'm not uh, opposed to getting out there and cutting the grass. As a matter of fact, uh, I I pay a lot of attention to to grass and grass related things, and we're talking about lawns here. I I did briefly consider uh, buying like a super high end lawnmower that gets used for like fairway green.
0: Dog. Unbelievably expensive. Number one.
1: Oh, I'm well aware. Trust me. <laughs> It it does not reside in my home for exactly <laughs> that reason.
0: Uh, I could just see you on the on the triplex mower, just figuring it out. It'd Take um, like
1: four swipes and your yard's done. Oh yeah, but I'm kind of like I was a little scared about it too because it's got it's it's got that open front. Yeah. So anything, uh, let's say there's a dog outside or something along those lines, it's gonna go poorly.
0: Oh, it would be a real problem. It would yeah, be a real yeah, problem.
1: But, but it I looks, get it. Awesome. Though I guess the other problem is that if you don't have a, a completely level surface, it's not going to be the same.
0: Yeah, that would be tough. It'd be tough if you have hills and whatnot
1: in your backyard. I feel like you're gonna be digging up a lot of dirt in your yard.
0: Yeah. Nobody wants that. Nobody yeah, I wants a, that.
1: I bought a snowblower and uh cut a lot of snow, and like the, the absolute worst feeling when I'm using the snowblower is when that snow goes from white to to mixed with like brown. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I hit <laughs> my mulch or I hit the grass.
0: Looks like I'll be planting way more grass on this area uh when spring rolls around it.
1: Yeah, and I do my neighbor's uh I do my neighbors sidewalk as well, and I'm like, oh man, I, like I, I, I stress over it. I'm sure. I'm like, I can't, I can't hit the grass. I can't hit the grass. I'm going to follow his path. If his path is wrong, that's his fault. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's not good. It's unhealthy. No. Um, yeah. Also unhealthy, Gregory, I had a, uh, from, the, from the show last week, from uh, last week's episode of In Pursuit of a Parlay, I had an eight-pick parlay going for the Super Bowl with a giant payout that... Uh, you know, may or may not have placed over at Bavada. And uh, you know, things were looking pretty, pretty good early on until the goddamn Atlanta Hawks lost to the uh lost to to the, the San Antonio Spurs. I ended up hitting six of eight picks on my parlay. The other one I missed was the Rams minus four, they land minus three. So that was that was heartbreaking, but maybe like equally heartbreaking like i I told you this earlier last night, I placed a twelve pick parlay at Bavada. I hit eleven of twelve. like I would have preferred to hit like five
0: it's it anytime you get a one loser, it is the absolute worst. It's the worst
1: yeah like, i've got I've got some stuff going tonight too. I've got a uh, I think I've got a twelve and I've got an eight
0: I mean. Once you start getting up above like five and six and seven and eight, hitting those is not, not necessarily luck, because you're obviously looking into things before you do them. But anytime it gets close and you're like, ooh, that's that's seven out of seven. Here we go. We're we're on to something mm-hmm. here. Um, but it happens far too often where just that that bitter that bitter sense of defeat comes in with the last play uh of the night. A couple like last week, Clay Thompson missed a game tying. A game tying, forcing overtime buzzer beater shot from but below the three uh, the free throw line, like mm-hmm. and and wide open. The defender fell backwards on a fake, and he bricked it off the back rim out. And that shot not only forces overtime, he hits his over, and it wins me nine hundred dollars. Now, <laughs> um, that is just the that's the fickleness of the NBA. The NBA the NBA is one of the toughest leagues to try to do really anything in in terms of betting. It's, like, whether it's lines, whether it's player props, whether it's anything over-unders, it's, like, you you almost never know what to expect. I told you, I've been watching a lot more NBA over the past few, maybe two, three weeks, like, really paying attention to games. I'm sitting here yesterday.
1: Bandwagon fan.
0: I mean, I guess. I'm sitting here <laughs> yesterday watching uh Pistons Wizards Oh um, don't
1: talk about the Pistons I mean, Wizards game I'm just You know you. that's the game that's the one I didn't hit in my parlay
0: I did I did know that and I'm sorry but I'm just saying that's the level that's the level of in-depth knowledge I'm trying to ascertain
1: Like who um, played well for the Wizards? How did they win that game?
0: I don't I don't know Was it I, Dinwiddie? I mean, not really. I, it was kind of just a mishmash of, of people. I don't really think it was anybody in particular. Um which was which was the biggest bummer of them all. They just they just kinda they, the Pistons really hurt themselves a lot. Outside of Sadiq Bey, nobody could score early. I think it was like it was like seventeen fifteen wizards and Bay had thirteen of the fifteen points for the Pistons. Yeah. Like it was it nobody could buy a bucket. Cade had four fouls very early on. Like it was it was bad. It was a bad situation.
1: Uh I haven't I haven't really checked up on this. Uh, it looks like so Porzingis has not been playing, right? No, he hasn't played yet. Uh, yeah, it looks like the last time Porzingis played was January twenty ninth. Played eleven minutes against the Pacers. Um, by the way, I mean we have uh, we have a big trade to talk about, but I'm seeing people talk about Tyrese Halliburton potentially being the turning into the best point guard the Pacers have ever had. That's that's how high they are on him so far after that trade.
0: Seems aggressive, but yes. <laughs> He's been fine since he's moved over.
1: Can I I'm like and I know this is dumb and I know this is this is really an idiotic take. I'm going to I'm going to own up to that. And I get how good Halliburton is. He's a very good player who could potentially be like a very very good player. I'm glad, not just because of what happened, but I'm glad that he did not get traded to Philadelphia cuz I don't want to watch that jump shot for a decade. Yeah, not great. <laughs> so it goes in and there's hey, I'm nothing against him, but it is aesthetically unpleasing.
0: Well, I was watching uh I, it's funny that you bring up the Kings and bad jump shots. I was watching uh I was watching the Kings last night because uh, I needed Mr. Sabonis over 18 and a half points didn't work out. I think he finished with 11 or something like that. Uh shot very poorly from the field. But I was watching uh, De'Aaron Fox, who obviously was involved in all the trade rumors, et cetera, and will-they-won't-they yeah. will they kind of thing. Uh, not the cleanest jump shot either, if we're being perfectly honest.
1: It's it's not as bad as Halliburton. No,
0: though. it's not. But it, there's just something about it where you watch it and you're like, there's just no way that's going in. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's not fluid.
0: No, it definitely isn't. And. After spending years watching a guy who didn't have a fluent jump shot, I mean, to be fair, he didn't force us to watch it very often. Um, I I just want guys who shoot with a relatively regular motion.
1: That's it. Shots fired on Elton Brand.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's who I'm talking about.
1: Missed that Chris Webber pull-up (laughs) 15-footer.
0: I remember the day we traded for Webber. I thought this was it, Chris. We finally did it. We finally followed up the Matumbo move and gave Iverson another superstar to work with.
1: <laughs> Two number one picks. How could it go wrong? Uh, same thing <sighs> well, with uh, same thing with Big Dog Glenn Robinson.
0: How could how could it go wrong? I don't know. Chris Webber was like 170 years old at that point. Yep. His knees were made
1: of of
0: papier mâché. Yeah, it was Didn't, over.
1: His, his knees were not as good as the average 170 year old. Let's no, put it like that. very
0: very accurate. It was a it was bad. It was bad. But hey, I was. I was happy we were getting C Web. Why not?
1: Not a, not a lot of lift. The Seventy Sixers had a lot of first overall picks. You know, f- go through that roster. DC was there. Weber was there. AI was there. Big Dog was there. A lot of number one picks played in Philadelphia. Joe Smith. Did Joe Smith play for the Sixers? Because now I, I feel think like so. He- I thought he did, right?
0: I mean, I there's been such a revolving door of Sixers players over the course of the last two decades that it's tough. It's tough for me to remember.
1: Yeah, Joe Smith played for the Sixers. Yeah. See, all right. Well, I I, I knew you had it. I trusted nice you. Number one overall picks NBA yeah. because I mean that just that was a stretch, dude. Uh, all right. Where do we hit the first one here?
0: Keith Van Horn.
1: No, KVH was was the number two pick. (laughs) Uh, DC was 1990, played for the Sixers. Uh, 93, C-Webb played for the Sixers. 94, Glenn Robinson played for the Sixers. 95, Joe Smith played for the Sixers. 96, Allen Iverson played for the Sixers. I mean, come on, Chris. 99, Elton Brand played for the 76ers. So, what is that? Uh, One.
0: It's half a decade's worth of number one picks. Two, three,
1: four, five. Six players drafted overall, uh, number one overall in the 1990s ended up playing for the 76ers.
0: I mean, of course, obviously, there's a little bit of a caveat there. Some of that was towards the end of their careers, correct? All, but All of them, but Iverson. Yeah. It just, just, a, actually, I heard, I heard uh, on, on the underdog you and Matt discussing uh, meanest celebrities. Mm-hmm. Derek Coleman up there on the list. Really? Up Did there see- on the list.
1: D- seems like he would be uh, a, a d bag that so, DC uh,
0: up up there with it was a situation where we waited outside and of course I don't expect to get players autographs but we were like ten and we were outside after a game and and I don't know if Matt told the story or not but we were outside yeah, after the game and and you know just just yelling out players names as they came out you know a couple guys came over it. Not a, not, D, not DC. And he basically escorted AI out the door to wherever they were going that night. Well, it was yeah. wild.
1: Yeah, beginning of the night for those two. But uh, <laughs> well, if, if we're talking about the negative, who were the positives? Who came over? Who signed autographs?
0: <sighs> I don't remember. It was so long ago. It, it's only the
1: negative you remember. That exactly. is Greg Cronin in a nutshell. I,
0: let's be fair. That is very true. I will only <laughs> remember the negative in most situations. <sighs> uh, what what do you expect? What do you expect?
1: Yeah, dc I wanted to get him on my show. I thought I had a shot, and uh it ended up not coming together, but it's
0: a very big bummer. And to be fair, Chris, about the current Sixers situation, there is nothing but negatives to to remember from this era of Sixers basketball. All
1: right, let, and, let's let's take a pause there. Let's put a okay. pin in this topic, Gregory. Fine. We're going to get back. We're going to get back to the 76ers They made a huge deal but let's let's you know do a Super Bowl fifty-six post mortem here. Rams get the win 23-20 over the Bengals. How'd you feel about this game? The Bengals blew it.
0: Yeah. I, I mean more or less. Yeah. I, I mean
1: they also cheated to get <laughs> that that, sure. uh, that that OPI was pretty egregious.
0: Sure, which is why anybody who complains about the later calls against the Bengals down late uh, deep in the red zone late on that last drive, like listen. Your biggest play of the game was, was caused by an egregious penalty that was missed. Like, let's, yeah. let's you know, if things go both ways and everything evens out. That's just the way it kind of works in sports and life and that's karma. Um, but there was a situation in that game where the Bengals got the ball back with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. And the decision was clear that they were going to try to run the clock out. Mm-hmm. And it's just too much time. It's too much time to try and worry about making sure we're running the clock the whole way down. And I remember with about six minutes left in the game, sending a text to, to my buddies going, I, I, dude, this is, I don't like what the Bengals just did here. They're about to kick the ball back to them, and, and they, played to, they played to try and run the clock out and not to try to put the game away. And that's yeah. what ultimately cost them.
1: Well, and also tried to run the clock out without Joe Mixon in the game.
0: Well, of course, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that third and one should haunt Bengals fans for forever. The fact that Samaje Perine, Ryan, who fine back, whatever, whatever you want to say, he's not Joe Mixon, right? No. And that's that situation where Mixon has to be the guy carrying the ball. If you're going to hand it off on third and one against that defense, against that front seven, Joe Mixon has to be the guy.
1: Yeah. First time in nearly 15 years that both of the teams who made the Super Bowl finished in the bottom 10 in total rushing yards. And boy, did it show.
0: Yeah, it wasn't great. It was, uh, I mean, I, I just watching Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle run directly into the line over and over again was uh, very frustrating. As a guy who uh, really was looking forward to ending the year on an over, so um, yeah, it's is it, that's it's always a bummer when the Super Bowl doesn't go over. The over is the over is one of those things that. You know, I mean, with any sport, really, if you're looking at the lines, whether it's yeah, football, basketball, baseball, Bavada has all the overs, and you're you're looking at it and you're like, I, I just don't see how it doesn't happen. And this was a game where it's like, oh, we're just gonna go scoreless for forever. You yeah. know, it's Patrick, extremely frustrating.
1: Patrick kind of addressed this when I did the show with him the other day, uh, last week. So, excuse me, and he basically said like the value tends to be in the under because people don't want to bet on things not happening.
0: Oh, yeah, always. It's it it's because the sweating it out of the under is so much harder to deal with than the excitement of every time somebody scores at the anticipation of the over. Yeah. Like, you hate to be in that situation where it's like a one- or two-point game, the field goal puts the game over and also ends it and you have the under, and it's like, Ugh, what am I gonna do? You know?
1: I know, I know. Yeah, it would have been that,
0: seriously bad.
1: That uh, that that non OPI was bad. That that missed extra point was bad. Just a bad snap. Honestly, I just spent that whole game thinking. I know the Rams don't have a pick until like I think they have back to back third round comp picks. Like they need to move up in the draft. They need to go get Brees Hall. They need to go get Kenneth Walker. Go get one of these undervalued running backs because, God, their running backs are not good.
0: I mean, to be fair, Cam Akers is six months removed from a torn Achilles.
1: Yeah, but Cam Akers is not a special running back.
0: Well, I I don't necessarily disagree with you there. So, um, yeah, I I think that they need something to complement it. I don't know necessarily if they need to go... Crazy at the running back position,
1: but I what, hear I, you. I don't think a second round pick is going crazy. Yeah. Eh,
0: I mean, people find guys that are undrafted that turn into special players. So
1: Cam Akers, while look incredibly impressive what he accomplished, had six hundred and twenty five yards rushing last season. The season prior to getting hurt. Yeah, in yeah. 2020. In 2021, he had five rushing yards.
0: I mean, he also wasn't their number one. That's a team that came into training camp with Todd Gurley, cut him, and then it was Daryl Henderson.
1: Yeah, that was a weird move. Yeah. well, I mean, signing Gurley in the first place.
0: Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, it is crazy to think about how quickly running backs just wear out their welcome in the NFL, whether it's health, whether it's just ability, whether, it, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's such a quick turnover. That all of a sudden, it's just like, oh my gosh, you're the best running back in the league, too. You're gone. And it's yeah. it's been three seasons. Like, what? Yeah, How's that even possible?
1: It's hard because like, the smart move, regardless of how good your running back is, is you don't give them a second contract.
0: Never. Never give that second contract. There's always that, guys in the waiting. You can always find someone.
1: Very few examples and recently of that paying off. I mean, the Titans got a season out of Derrick Henry. Nick Chubb was pretty good but banged up for the the Browns this year. But then you have McCaffrey who the, the Panthers are literally just trying to unload for nothing.
0: Well, it's like it's because the better running backs take m- more hits. They just take yeah. cuz they're they the teams use them so much, right? The the biggest knock on McCaffrey is the amount of touches that he gets, right? There that he got and eventually and yeah, and Henry. Um, and Henry's obviously been a little more durable than McCaffrey, but not much if you think yeah. about this year. Um, so it's it's crazy. It's crazy to see like they're going to be the guys that are in line for those contracts and more than likely going to get them, but I don't think it ever pays off, ever. No. Not not to where they're going to hit, you know, that full the, the full value of that second contract. It makes you look back at what the six, uh, Sixers, what the Steelers <laughs> did with Le'Veon Bell in that situation, you know what I mean. Yeah. he was demanding money, and they were like, "Well, you know, we don't, we don't want to do this. It's not worth the investment." And then they ran into James Conner, and then they move on from there. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, yeah. I think, I think it's sort of lesson learned uh, in in the running back world right now.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing not either Kenneth Hall or uh, Kenneth Hall, Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall. On the list, but I do have Bavada's, uh, Bavada's props for number one overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. This is going to be an interesting one, man, because I can't remember a year when when things were this unsettled before. When there, and and probably because there isn't that elite number one guy, there, I think there's a lot of really good like third picks in the draft to choose from here, uh, in Aiden Hutchinson and Evan Neal and Kevon Thibodeau and like Ekwanu and the like, but man, there is, there is no favorite. This is, this is a dog fight at Bavada. Um, Aiden Hutchinson plus 160, Evan Neal plus 200. That, that is how close it is right now.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool um, to actually have one of these kind of drafts where you really don't know. You really don't know who's going to go. Number one. I feel like, Every year for the last decade, we've been so ingrained to be like, oh well, whoever the best quarterback is, that's who's going one. Or yeah. you unless know, this... Mitch
1: Trubisky is the number one quarterback in the draft,
0: <laughs> sure, of course. Uh, but even then, we know how that ended. Um, yeah. It's like, but even even like the the non quarterback positions, there really isn't there really isn't necessarily a consensus guy. And it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice going into into that that draft night thinking. You know, and obviously things can change with Combine and interviews yeah. and things like that, but um, it's kind of nice to go into that draft sort of with the unknown in front of you. Uh, I, we don't get that very often anymore um, unless you watch, like, the Major League Baseball draft. Um, well, l- right.
1: Well, last year, I believe the top two picks in the draft had already uh, agreed to contracts with their yeah. teams. It's so,
0: that, that takes the fun out of it.
1: Yeah. The last time I remember, like, this degree of Uncertainty... And it really did come down to like that last day. And there these were big time college players was was is it going to be Mario Williams or is it going to be Reggie Bush? Ooh,
0: man, that's going back. What's that? 2007?
1: Uh, it was a it's, long, long time ago.
0: Well, Reggie Bush was on the cover of NCAA 07 because that's the first football game I got for PlayStation or for uh, Xbox 360. Um, well, that it came with Gears of War. So Bush was on 07 which means it was probably the o oh, yeah probably the 07 draft if i had to guess
1: I'm looking at it I'm it's looking very... at it I mean I, and i will admit i did not know jay bear Wanger was going to go number 1 in 1936 <laughs> Uh let's let's take this back all right so Trevor Lawrence we all knew Burrow we all knew Kyler we knew Baker we knew Miles we knew Goff we knew uh, Jameis we knew. Clowney, we knew. Eric Fisher. I guess twenty thirteen was all of those offensive tackles at the top. It was Lane like Johnson, Eric and- Johnson, Eric Fisher, Lane Johnson, and Luke Jokel. I think. Yeah. Uh, that that was kind of uncertain. It was just a matter. And by the way, weird that three tackles get bunched in, at the front. Uh, twenty twelve is Andrew Luck. Eleven is Cam Newton. 10 is Bradford. Nine is Stafford. Eight's Jake Long 7 is Jamarcus Russell yeah Mario Williams is
0: 2006 yeah so so 06 draft 07 NCAA game that's yeah i mean that is that's crazy that it's been that long since it's, we've had one that's been this like undecided it is funny though i i as you as you scanned over the golf uh the golf draft mm-hmm. it, it, what are your thoughts on the colts potentially moving oh on oh my god I mean, I, this is a g- legitimate I, question.
1: I think it's nuts, and I wonder what we don't know behind the scenes, because, like, okay, Carson wasn't
0: bad last year. That last wasn't, game is what people have picked on.
1: That's, and that's Well, fair. really
0: the last couple of games, but sure.
1: That's fair, but he also, he wasn't bad. Carson Wentz is was not a bad player for the Colts last year. Um, sixty-two percent completion percentage, thirty-five hundred and sixty-three yards, twenty-seven touchdowns to seven interceptions. Like he, he's a re- he was a reasonably good starting quarterback, a quarterback that in the right system you can win with, and did all of this uh, with with Ty Hilton basically missing half the year. It's it's bizarre because he just doesn't have a ton of money on that contract. I think, I think they're trying to the the March nineteenth date. Is because fifteen million gets guaranteed his total his total cap hit next year is like it's in the twenties. He never even gets to thirty. It's just it it's bizarre. I am going to predict right now, uh, and in the next couple of weeks, maybe probably even next week, I would guess we'll do our uh, our QB carousel predictions for the oh, for the off season. Wait, it's my favorite all- show of the year. Always fun, and this year is going to be there's some there's some crazy ones, especially with all the Kyler Murray stuff coming out. But the, um,
0: the return, the return of the goat rumors are swirling, buddy yeah, rumors. And I'm not talking Manning, Carl. I'm talking about Brady.
1: It's yeah, he's been that, retired for like a week and a half. And yeah, I know. Just, this is a very uh,
0: inside reference to one of my friends who I know listens to the show. I, well, he, he will refuse to admit that Tom Brady was a better quarterback than Peyton Manning. Doesn't matter. That's a ridiculous thing. argument. But regardless,
1: uh, yeah, it never hits 30. My prediction I, is that uh, Carson Wentz is the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year.
0: I just don't know. I, I don't understand. Sort of like you said, I don't understand moving on, right? Yeah. Um, those numbers you just said are fantastic, along with being paired with the guy who was the best running back in the NFL this year. So the opportunities are also somewhat limited, right? Like you have games where Jonathan Taylor starts the game off and rips off like an 80 yard run, scores a touchdown. Then they score again and it's 14, nothing. And now you're sort of nursing elite. You know what I mean? Like I understand the shortcomings towards the end of the season, whatever you want to say that Jacksonville game was abysmal uh, with the season on the line and a playoff shot on the line. But uh, to move on this quickly there, like you said, there has to be something that we're not seeing or that's behind closed doors. Which yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, I was just gonna say which now that'd be two teams that we, you know what I mean, where we hear murmurs and things like that. It's not a great sign.
1: Uh talk about two different teams moving on from a player who was once considered a superstar in consecutive seasons. I don't think that's gonna be relevant to Philadelphia in any other way, right?
0: <laughs> no, I don't think so.
1: Uh, the best look. I think we all would have assumed that the best uh, wide receiver on that Colts team was Ty Hilton coming into the year. Only plays ten games, twenty three catches. Michael Pittman does have a bit of a breakout season, 88 catches, but only 1,082 yards and six scores. It just didn't, there were no weapons here. They're, like you're talking about the number two and three receivers on that team in terms of receptions were running backs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. It's not, five and did, six
1: are tight ends uh,
0: Yeah. Mo Alley Cox and Jack Doyle. Shout, yeah. out. shout um, out. We know you're listening. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a it's a tough one, man. It's a, it's a weird situation. I don't understand it. I remember seeing like when that report came out, I was like, "Well, this this seems weird." I don't yeah. I don't necessarily get it, but I guess time will tell. I, I like your prediction, though. I think I think that the Bucks is an interesting fit.
1: Well, B. A. loved him coming out of uh coming out of school.
0: Yeah, I mean, if there's ever a guy to go to when you're when well, in his case, he's not really not necessarily struggling. Yeah, you know, twenty seven and seven is not exactly a, a, a terrible season. Right. Um so it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. And you're walking right into weapons, or at least one weapon in Mike Evans. So
1: Yeah. Probably the, the least of the weapons from this season, but eh, what are you gonna do?
0: Well, I mean, he's better than everybody that's on that Colts team. I
1: probably. Mean,
0: I mean, what are you talking about? The guys had he's had eight straight thousand yard seasons. Like with, I mean, look at his quarterbacks. He's taught, talk, you're talking, you're talking, uh, Tom uh, Brady. Well, of course that's two seasons, but the six prior to that, were not Tom Brady, Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I'm sure Brad, Brad Johnson was in there for one of them. Um, it could, you know what I mean? It couldn't be, it, it, it couldn't be that great of a QB lineup. Mike Glennon, I think was one of the quarterbacks. I'm just saying
1: years. that if if you put if you swap Tom Brady and uh, and and Carson Wentz, I think that and even even if you swap Michael Pittman onto that Rams team or on the, that Bucks team, I think Pittman probably outproduces what Mike Evans did this year. I
0: that is a bold take, sir. I mean
1: he had more receptions and yards.
0: It's a bold take, sir.
1: He literally had more receptions. Than he was yards, their only either.
0: option to throw to. Who wasn't a back or tight end? Of course he did.
1: Uh, you know you how Wentz on Zach that roster. <laughs> Zach Pascal's a game breaker.
0: Absolutely. They have another guy. Uh, it's not Pascal. There's a third. There's a third receiver there who has. It's some. Ah oh man. It's gonna bother me. I can't think about. I can't think of the name.
1: Um. Well, the third but, receiver. I mean, it's T. Y. Hilton. So, well, of Pascal, Pascal is the third receiver there.
0: Right, but I, okay, so their fourth receiver uh, Um, it doesn't matter You're thinking of,
1: uh, Doolin
0: Yes, that's exactly who I'm thinking of
1: And it's like, uh, alright Ashton, Ashton Doolin
0: Yeah I, 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 I'm not here for, I'm not here for Mike Evans' slander Um, but it's, it's hard for me to say that Michael Pittman is a better receiver than, than Mike Evans currently
1: Well, you know, Paris Campbell's there too And that's just a guy who has never been able to stay healthy And that, that that kind of stinks. I had really high expectations for Paris Campbell. Like, and I know the draft is is such a crapshoot, but like, I liked Paris Campbell so much more than Terry McLaurin, and then they've had different NFL careers.
0: It's all about health, man. That's why, yeah. like you said, that the draft is a complete like pull of the slot machine. You know, d- depending on you know what that result's going to be and who you're going to walk away with,
1: yeah, and Campbell... what they're actually going to become. Sorry. Campbell sorry Campbell a second round pick has played in 15 games in three years it's bad its not, not good great. no but he did change numbers and I, <laughs> well. I, I guess he thought that was gonna that was gonna be the thing that really turned the tide and yeah didn't work
0: well it makes you wonder if T Higgins because he's gonna change his number uh from 85 uh after this season does that affect him moving forward absolutely not because it's mm. meaningless
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Maybe All easier right. to see the offensive pass interference I need your pick right now, Greg uh, And by the way, can we just address uh, I want to thank you You guys were incredibly kind and benevolent In allowing me to change my, my m M&M future Didn't end up mattering for me No <laughs> But I appreciate it Yes, uh, yes Everyone so we- listen to Better's Delight Yes, we
0: we went into Better's Delight Court. We made sure uh, that that everybody was was game for it. Uh, who knows what the lineup will be this week? Because we have another argument to go after. Um, but yeah, I I agree. It,
1: it, it did seem like not everyone was game for it. Well,
0: there's there was a, there was one holdout, but it was a three to one three to one uh, majority rule. Yeah. So I don't think that guy's
1: I don't think that guy's vote counts anyway.
0: Well, you never know. <laughs> Um, but I'm, a, be, I'm I'm
1: in charge of this network, so that I like is. To listen. <laughs> make some edits right here.
0: I understand that completely. So, <laughs> I'm I'm all in. Just pass that. You you pass down the word. We'll we'll make it happen.
1: All right, he's out.
0: All right, that works. I need two replacements for tomorrow night. Are what's, you available?
1: What's Kevin up to?
0: I don't know. We'll find we'll find him. We'll I get him that, We'll get him. On that was board. That, guy,
1: that Was that guy's name right? Sure. Your friend who listens. Oh, so Carl? Yeah. Carl we'll, close enough.
0: I don't know if Carl has the time. Uh well, well you'll ask Lenny, it'll be fine. He's,
1: I mean, he's <laughs>
0: Carl's always got things going on, things that errands to run, things to do, cleaning the house. I don't know. There's things going on.
1: I'm glad that we du- glad that we dug deep. Into what's going on in Carl's life for I <laughs>
0: right, Come on, I could get way more deep into what's going on, but we don't have to.
1: I think it's for the best that we don't. Probably. All right, let's talk Super Bowl 57 props. We've got our future here. The favorite at Bavada to win next year's biggest game, the Buffalo Bills, plus 750, followed by the Kansas City Chiefs. Gregory in uh, in that second spot at pl- also plus seven fifty. Sorry, I'm a liar. They're tied for number one. I can't read things good. Uh, followed by the actual champion, Los Angeles Rams, who are going to be without Andrew Whitworth, might be without Sean McVay, might be without Aaron Donald. The Cincinnati Bengals and uh, 49ers at plus eleven hundred. After that, the Cowboys, Packers at plus fourteen. The uh the Eagles plus four thousand. That's uh, that's gonna change once that Russell Wilson trade happens. Oh
0: god. Uh,
1: all the way down to the Lions, Texans, and Jets plus fifteen thousand at Bavada.
0: The Rams are a complete sucker bet. Even if even if the Donald McVay things don't happen, there's too much changeover on that roster that's gonna happen and not mm. enough replenishment through draft that's possible. Um but that's that's just the way that it that it works in the NFL when you when you kind of go for it, you know. Yeah. Um you kind of have to eat, eat eat you know, crow for a little bit. Um it's hard it's hard for me to pick against the two favorites. I think they were two of the best teams this year uh when it came to the AFC and the draw had it where they met in the second round of the playoffs and then the team that won that lost in the next round. So um, that's a tough one. Obviously go birds as always. So yeah, sprinkle a little bit for them. Um, oh, man, the AFC is just so hard to predict right now. Yeah. That like, cause obviously you still have the up and coming quarterbacks, the Bengals. I'm sure the focus is going to be, it has to be offensive line this off season to round out that offense. And, but who knows if anybody bounces in those situations, I'm sure Vernon Hargraves is still, uh, on the bus ticket that they gave him uh, back to Cincinnati, I'm sure that's a very long bus ride.
1: One of um, the dumbest things I've ever seen. All
0: right. phenomenal, phenomenal to not be not be dressed for the game and somehow get a personal foul. Yeah, um, it's just wild. At what point? At what point in his head did you think that? Oh, I might have messed up. Like, Never when did it to realize? Him. Still does not think
1: he messed up.
0: <laughs> I don't know. He was he seemed stapled to the bench after that though. Uh-huh. Um, but. I mean, the pa- is Rodgers coming back to the Packers? But can you trust him anymore? Like, after you, you lose yet again at home in the playoffs, like, it's, at a certain point, you know, it, as as a newly welcomed-in owner of the Green Bay Packers. Congrats, by I, the way,
1: buddy. Welcome to the club.
0: I know, I know. I, I, I Like I said, I'll, I'll see you in Lambeau this summer, me and mm-hmm. you. Um, I don't know if I could trust them. I hate to go. I hate to go with chalky favorites, but I I feel like I feel like the Chiefs have one more run in them. You know what I mean? This Why only one? Well, I mean, it depends on skill positions. It depends on all that fun stuff, but and contracts and salary caps and Mahomes Mahomes extension eventually is going to kick in and make it much more difficult to build around that salary cap. I um, think
1: Mahomes extension is, is ongoing at this point, isn't it? Is it? I thought I thought this was the last year. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah, at this point, sure. So uh,
0: things start to get tricky. Um, at least with the current roster makeup. Now, obviously, you'll have the ability to build around him, and you can always, you know, try to find more players. But they're not always going to be, you know, a Hall of Fame tight end and potentially Hall of Fame wide receiver, right? Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. And I hate to go Chiefs because it seems very, very, you know, uh, straight up across the board, an obvious pick, but. I just like them, and I don't. I don't know if I can trust the Bills. They're that's not. They're not going to be. Uh, man, I that's. I'm trying to. I'm just trying. You. I'll go back and forth between them forever until the season starts next year, and yeah. probably forever during the season. That's a tough one.
1: Well, that's entirely fair. By the way, Patty Mack only made thirty five point seven million dollars this year.
0: About thirty five. <laughs> about thirty five million too much, if you
1: ask me. That jumps up to forty six seven next oh year, gosh. and that, that's pretty much where it sits aside from that one weird fifty nine point nine million year in twenty twenty seven
0: It's a hell of a year it's a hell of a year. it
1: doesn't suck. I mean he's gonna pay a lot of taxes, but that's a decent problem to have yeah, when you're getting paid sixty million i <laughs> I think it's worth it Pro- probably we can't be sure though he's like these roster bonuses are banana. <laughs> <laughs> like for, for example, that 59 million dollar year, his base salary is 10 million dollars. He gets a he gets a 49.4 million dollar roster bonus, which means, and this is real, this is a real thing that's going to happen to a human being. in 2027, one day, Patrick Mahomes is going to receive a check for 49.4 million dollars.
0: uh not a bad not a bad day. Like, not going to lie. That's nuts. I mean, listen, when you're when you're when you've gone to four straight AFC championship games and you've been to two of the last four Super Bowls, what can you expect?
1: Yeah. What that's can you expect? Just, like, that's crazy. That That is a lot of digits more than the biggest check I've ever received.
0: The man is. I mean, yeah, I, way, more. A, lot way of more. more. a lot of digits more. A
1: lot of digits more.
0: It might be five digits more. Yeah, yeah no for idea. me, for me, sir. How dare How dare I question your financials?
1: Yeah, I mean, the biggest. I mean, I got that two point eight million dollar check, but whatever. Yeah, look at you, look, no, one that's digit not, off. That's not, that's not correct. <laughs> that is very not correct. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's just that's bananas. Uh, all right, let's do this. The Philadelphia 76ers and Brooklyn Nets made uh, the biggest trade of the 2022 NBA trade deadline when 76ers sent disgruntled superstar Ben Simmons along with uh, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first-round pick that can become a 2023 pick should the Nets defer, and a 2027 first-round pick, top eight protected, would also be top eight protected in 2028 and then become two second-round picks in 2029, in exchange, they receive Paul Millsap and uh, and a, a, a shooting guard by the name of James Edward Harden Jr. How we feel about this?
0: I mean, it's a move that had to be done, right? Like, we we didn't... No matter what kind of uh, attitude you have towards Ben Simmons, he was never coming back to play for this team. Uh, for apparently no reason, nothing was personal. It wasn't the fans, it wasn't the coaches... Um, it wasn't anything that oh, anybody did else that? did. Uh, it was it was simply him and his his own situation which it it becomes that tricky subject of of mental health and whether you can and can't talk about it yeah. uh, because if you question one person's it means you question every person's um, mental health which is just a completely inaccurate take to have. Um and and just because you stand up for one person's mental health doesn't mean you're better than someone else who doesn't necessarily agree with the the take that you have. That is a completely stolen take from a tweet um, from uh, Tyrone, who produces uh, the Mike Missinelli show. But I it's, could it's
1: not a, be staying further away from this conversation. Well, it's it,
0: but it's a salient point, right? We 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 take everything and sort of generalize everything based off of one subject, and 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 again. I'm not going to judge Ben Simmons, whatever happened, happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. If it's a situation mentally, he couldn't get over it. And I get it. I've been there. Anxiety, whatever you want to call it, all those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. But now the situation is over. So it's time. And, and I, I've said this to a couple of different people. It's, it's kind of time to just move on. Like we've, the decision's been made. You want to boo, whatever like, but dwelling on it any further than this. And I know I was ranting to you earlier about <laughs> know, that's all the I national think about right now, though, but it's different. It is different. What I'm talking about is the idea of going after Ben Simmons and doing that thing. Mm. The national media is an absolute disgrace. Okay. Um, and, and that's because they were, they were right there with everyone making the jokes, chiming in, criticizing Ben Simmons, talking about his free throw shooting, talking about his inability to score all of that stuff. And now, now, once this trade's complete and you see his press conference today, it's, I mean, how could anyone have ever criticized Ben Simmons? This is ridiculous. I mean, every single person. Go on Twitter. There's receipts for days. Every person that's saying this at some point criticized Ben Simmons for either free throw shooting or his his, his, his ability to not shoot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's one of those situations where... Like, I, the narrative that we're going to turn this around and blame every fan in Philadelphia that stood up and and cheered him and rooted for him week after week, year after year to... to and, and all really that it came down to was that eventually they got tired of him not shooting when it kind of mattered, right? And offensively disappearing in situations. And I obviously... That's not necessarily the biggest part of his game. And I know because we sat here and we defended it for four years. We defended the fact that Ben Simmons is a dynamic basketball player that doesn't need to score to be a difference maker on the court. A top-tier NBA defender. Arguably the toppest of top tiers, right? On ball, off ball, whatever you want to say. Defensive player of the year, vote getter. We defended that for years. We argued that who cares if he doesn't shoot threes? He doesn't have to. He's a triple-double machine. We did that. So then, for everyone to be like, "Oh, now uh, you guys did this," and you just all—it's all the Philadelphia fans' fault. It's ridiculous. Everybody piled on in this situation when it was the front page of one point in a playoff game. When it was, you know, the passed up layup at the end of Game Seven. We've all said it. The entire Atlanta series is not just on Ben Simmons. It's on Doc. It's on Joel. It's on every single player. It's on owners. It's on management. It's on everybody. But the fact that we are going to try to get the blame here. It's just another lazy narrative on the Philadelphia sports fan. It's ridiculous. So now, we move on. Right, Chris? We wash our hands clean. It is the James Harden, Joel Embiid era. And we try to win a championship. I don't I'm know just, if we're good just enough.
1: Just letting you go. Just letting you go here, man. I, I,
0: well, I mean, I don't know if we're good enough. We're, like, the issue I, I becomes... good enough. Well, yeah, we, we may be. We very well may be. The issue is going to be become, do we have enough people around... Or, easily the guy who should be the mvp of the league and well, then he is
1: he is the mvp front runner at Bovada right now sitting at plus 150 ahead of jokic at plus 350 Giannis at plus 375
0: and then you have the best player that he's ever played with by far especially by, offensively
1: who, yeah who by the way uh i believe he comes in at the 12th best odds at Bovada to win mvp
0: i mean i'll take that i'll take that all day it it's I mean, it's a pairing I can't wait to actually see on the court. It's a bummer that it's not gonna be until after the All-Star game, but I get why. Yeah, let him get um, healthy. Yeah, I get I get why that's gonna happen, but uh it's exciting. It's an exciting time because one, you get to put sort of the well the the cloud that was hanging over the Sixers series or the Sixers season in the rear view mirror and just kind of yeah. move on. I mean, I'm sure it's gonna linger. There's going to be questions when they play, especially in March. It's going to be a big deal,
1: which oh, is fine. One of those two is not playing in March.
0: Uh, yes, I know. Well, I mean, I heard an interesting theory. A guy I was talking to today at work said, I uh, wonder if they just do it, get the band, rip the bandit off now. So if, you know, if the first matchup is in the playoffs, um, you know, it's not a, that sticker shock of everybody, just everybody booing you as well, the game starts.
1: Let me give my thought as to why that's not going to happen. And that is because if, if he's back from March 10th, that's going to be one of the first games back he plays. I do think, look, I do think Ben Simmons suffers from some degree of mental health issues, most specifically, and most likely pretty bad anxiety he could be broken by the Philadelphia game. I don't think you risk it. I think you let him play some home games, play some games against some teams that aren't so good, find his footing on that Nets team who, by the way, like Ben Simmons is the absolute perfect fit for that Nets team. There's no getting around that. Ben Simmons gets to be exactly what he he wants to be, what his role most comfortably is. He's supersized Draymond. And that's all he has to do, you know, granted, that is when the Nets are playing on the road and they have Kyrie Irving in the lineup, but he gets to be that third guy on offense. He gets to catch lobs. He gets to throw, you know, throw the short lob in the lane, just, just roll to the basket and play defense. Perfect fit for him. And that is reflected in the Nets are the favorite at Pavada to win the Eastern Conference at plus 275. Which I think
0: is a complete soccer bet as well. But we can I think get That's probably get that. true, yeah. Um, I just I, I don't necessarily believe the Nets hype. I understand the points around it. Um. But I also think there is a certain point where it's when is the best time to have him face a, a hostile crowd. It's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when you got traded to a team inside of the division. There's going to be games on the road against them. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a guy who said a year ago that I don't know if he ever plays another game in the Wells Fargo Center. You said Playoffs that way more
1: recently than a year ago. Well,
0: sure. Whenever this all went down, six months ago, um, when when the trade rumors and trade demands started happening, six months ago, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's to me like and again. There's clearly something, right? I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. There's clearly something. It, it, you know, you can see it in on-court performance. Like, yeah. I don't necessarily know what it is or how it is. And that's not for me to diagnose or anybody to dismiss or anything like that. And that's not what I think, and I, at least I'm not trying to do, because there's clearly something. Things Things change on the court when pressure situations happen. That's how whatever works. Anxiety, whatever. But um, to me, I just, like, there's going to have to be a point where you face that, you know, that hostile crowd. Is March 10th the perfect opportunity to try to get that out of the way? You don't have to play the whole game. You're just coming back. It's an easy thing to do. Let them get it out because it's going to happen no matter what. Let them. It's get not it out. going
1: away, though.
0: Well, I, I agree, but it, the the longer you get away from the situation, the less intense it's necess- It's going to be. I mean, obviously, I, hey, I don't the playoffs, think it's getting
1: less intense this year. Is my point? Well, I yeah, I, I, it's going to be ramped up in the playoffs regardless. Hell, Wendy's is fucking taking shots at Ben Simmons.
0: Wendy's did Wendy's Wendy's got a clean shot on him. That was a yeah. clean. It was a clean shot. The Wachovia Center and Wendy's went uh, Lebron to or Wade to Lebron in that famous iconic picture uh on the day of the trade that was insanity
1: yeah it's it's gonna be ramped up in the playoffs I'm just saying let the guy find his footing I'll be I will be watching that first game that the Nets play with Ben Simmons there's no question about that um and uh, I can't wait to watch the first game the 76ers play with James Harden post break the sixers moved all the way up to fifth and best uh, best odds to win the NBA championship Bavada sitting at plus 700. Do I think that they're good enough to win a championship this year? Well, James Harden says hell yeah. So, he did say
0: hell yeah. I was very appreciative of that.
1: If uh if James thinks so and I feel good about it, it was just it, it was just fun. Like I don't remember watching stupid practice videos and actually enjoying them more than I did the stuff today uh with Harden shooting with Maxi, with Harden Teaching Joel that's the uh, His step back three It's just it's fun And you can see Harden is thrilled to be here You saw that in the press conference I think the Thing did you watch any of the practice stuff uh, I watched a couple of the
0: clips on Twitter Nothing real
1: in-depth the thing that Really like stuck out to me is like He looks like he's in pretty good shape yeah, I mean, it, he, it, this is not it, a Fat James from last year.
0: No, it looks like that similar body transformation to when he got traded from Houston to Brooklyn, and he went from oh wow, he actually doesn't look he doesn't look anywhere near as bad as that we thought when he was with Houston. I don't know, um,
1: early well doesn't look as bad for sure, but early Brooklyn, like he was still chubby.
0: Yeah, of course, he had, to, he had to work it off a little bit. I get it,
1: but like he he looked pretty good. I was surprised by by the body composition that we saw. And you know, he needs to be because he is not 27 years old anymore. No, but adding the gravity that this guy brings to an offense, the magic it can do for Joel is just, it's so fun. And not just that we get a new, we get a new Tobias Harris at this point. And like, it it bothers me how people just take shits on Tobias Harris because yeah, his contract sucks, but guess what? He's a good basketball player. Is he the second best player on a bas- on a championship team? No, he's not, and he shouldn't be. Can he be the third best player? Absolutely, he can.
0: Yeah, now he doesn't have to be, right?
1: Yeah, now he gets um, to stand in the corner and take those catch and shoot threes. Now he he doesn't have to initiate everything on offense and do it by himself. Harden, Harden gets people baskets the guy's averaging over 10 assists a game this year averaging almost a triple double in a season that people would say he's not playing well
0: yeah that is that is crazy when you look at the stats and it's not like the nets have you know an array of superstars especially recently with durant being out and Kyrie only playing half the half the games currently and not playing like what the first 45 you know something like that so yeah, it's gonna be really interesting, and it's it's exciting. Like it is, I think it sort of uh, let the you know uh, where the air was coming out of the balloon. It sort of patched it and pumped it up a little bit um, as we as we head towards the NBA stretch run. Um, it's the first time you're gonna have someone offensively uh, since maybe Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler really wasn't even that much of a threat to create crazily on his own when he was here, um, but. It's the first time that you have somebody who absolutely demands that you have two people, like another person, really pay attention to him on defense yeah. outside of Embiid.
1: I feel like people don't, and I look, again, James Harden is not, he's not 28 years old anymore, he, but he's only 32. This is a guy who for his career averages 25 points a game. This is a guy who is the NBA's all-time leader in 50-point triple-doubles. This is a guy. He's a ten-time All-Star, a three-time scoring champion. He's been the assist champion. He's a seven-time All-NBA. He's you know he MVP in 2018. He's one of the 75 best players of all time as voted by that 75th anniversary team. This isn't this isn't Jimmy Butler, and that's no respect, no disrespect to Jimmy Butler. James Harden is he's a Hall of Famer. He's a super duper star. This is it's gonna be fun. It's going to we've never had a guy, including the guy we just traded, who passes the ball as well as as Harden does. And oh, by the way, he's perhaps the most individually talented offensive player in the history of the game.
0: Yeah, I I mean, listen, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, even though literally and this was actually like a year ago. I sat here and said, you can't trade Ben Simmons for James Harden. I won't stand (laughs) for it. I won't stand for it, Chris. How quickly the attitude changes
1: um, when it comes to
0: you know everything that happened. Life has variables; it th- comes at you fast, buddy. I don't know. That's
1: what, that's what Ferris Bueller said.
0: Exactly. I I but prefer like life's tough. Get a helmet,
1: Eric Matthews. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the nicknames on on Basketball Reference, which is always interesting. And one of them is Jimbo Slice. It's
0: the beard. Certainly, because of the beer. It hila- be. that's, that's hilarious. That's a great. <laughs> that's a
1: great name. It Obvi- is obviously like this gentleman has one name and one one nickname only. But uh, <laughs> welcome to Philadelphia, James Harden. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Now I do think that some roster composition needs to change. Losing Seth Curry hurts. It really does, especially when you don't get Patty Mills back. But getting to keep Tyrese Maxey, getting to keep Matisse Thybul team's going to be really, really fun. They need, they need another big. They need, they need a defensive big who can also be a lob threat. They need at least one more shooter, but uh, the man, buyout market. Well, that hasn't worked since uh, Ilyasova <laughs> and Bellinelli so many years ago.
0: Well, I mean, Ben really enjoyed playing with Marco Bellinelli and JJ Redick. He loved playing with them. So he's really going to enjoy Bruce Brown, I guess. Cam Thomas,
1: I, I mean, that Seth Curry, Patty Mills, mm, yeah. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving.
0: Mm, well, of course, different story when those guys come back. I'm talking about their current roster.
1: I think, I think they're going to be all right. By the way, that's the one thing you mentioned, JJ. I've been pushing for it. Why not? Why not bring JJ out of retirement for the rest of the season?
0: Wouldn't wouldn't be a
1: bad idea. Apparently wouldn't he was he idea. was liking tweets when people said he should come out of retirement and sign with the Sixers. Not that it means anything, but. Just need him to play like 15 minutes a game, stand in the corner and make threes. I, I can't imagine that he can't do that.
0: No, no, shooting when you can shoot, you can shoot for a long time. That's just how it works.
1: Oh, it's just yeah. how it works? I know. I can still make free throws. I just can't jump. Yeah,
0: jumping's the real issue as you as you get older.
1: I every once in a while, I take a run at
0: the backboard in my parents' front yard uh, next to the driveway, and who buddy? Sometimes sometimes getting up there to nine, nine, nine and a half like I used to doesn't really work. Look, I'm not like, going to say ten, because that would be a lie, and I would never lie to this audience.
1: Wait, you're still trying... So you're saying you're going to your parents' house and dunking in the driveway?
0: I mean, every once in a while, if we're out there shooting around, playing around the world, you may grab a board, try to throw it back down. Uh,
1: I've no, I'll tell you, I, I have... I bought a, the new uh, the new hoop in the summer, and at no point did I try and dunk on it.
0: I mean, absolutely lower it down to eight and just tomahawk one. What are you doing?
1: I probably would break both of my kneecaps.
0: That's fine. What, that would be six, the
1: immediate thing.
0: What's nine to 12 months of rehab?
1: Yeah, I, I'm more worried about the copay because <laughs> adulting. That's true.
0: That is it's very, very true. all right
1: that's going to be it for this week's episode of you're wrong and here's why for greg crone i'm chris horwood thanks for listening we'll see you back here next time